we go. Well, thank you so much for being here this morning. I appreciate you taking the time to come, and I appreciate you joining us. And how many of you noticed that the sign-up sheet was different this week? Anybody? All right. Anybody have any difficulties with that? Everybody who thought it was new, all right? Unfortunately, we've changed it just because it really helps us out if we have everybody's email address. So what happens is if anybody were to ever get sick, again, God forbid that ever happened, but if anybody were to ever get sick, we can just quickly and easily contact everybody that was in this service very quickly. And uh, so it really helps us out. It really makes everything streamlined for us. So a little bit more work for you guys. So basically, you'll sign up with your name and email address. Then you'll move to the next thing, and you'll see your name there. Move to the next page, and then you'll put in the number of people that are coming, and then you'll confirm that. So I know it's a little different. I know it's a little bit more difficult. Um, and we were supposed to announce that to you last week, but we forgot to announce it to the 915 service. We did announce it to the 11 o'clock service. Um, so unfortunately, uh, but hopefully it will be a little bit easier as you move forward, and we're going to continue to use that format. I also wanted to let you know something good that we were able to do this week. Um, we never know um, for sure what the Lord's going to do in our missions conference. And um, we had an interesting missions conference this year. Uh, this year's missions conference was all online and uh, a little bit uh, different. And I'm not sure that we had quite the attendance and the uh, engagement that we had desired. However, we uh, were able to, over the last couple of weeks and months, we're able to take on the two missionaries that we had, Caleb Cavanis and his wife Kelsey, and then Jonathan Mislin and his wife as well and their little boy. And uh, so we were able to take them on for $150 a month. So we're praising the Lord for that opportunity to be able to continue to invest in missionaries around the world. They're going, the Cavanis are going to the Congo, and the Mislins are going to the Philippines. And so we're excited to be able to do that. And I want to challenge you, if the Lord would ever lay on your heart, we have a missions program. And uh, if you decide that you want to give to our missions program as a church, uh, your money will go directly to missionaries, okay? And that's important. Uh, we, can't, we can't mishandle funds. We can't use that for things that we want to do. But that is something that we love to do. We love to help missionaries, and we're excited to be able to do so. And the Lord has really blessed us here as a church, so we're excited that we get to be able to do that. So some good news that I wanted to give you this week. Um, some interesting news is that Mary McQuiggan had to go back into the hospital. And uh, she had an infection, um, so they had to get that taken care of. Uh, it seems to be taken care of. They were going to operate, but the Lord allowed her to, the, the antibiotics to take place and get that taken care of. So we're praising the Lord for that. And uh, just so thankful that the Lord took care of her. So if you continue to pray for her, she's still in the hospital. And then uh, Lindsay and Mary Love are here today. So thank you so much for joining us. They've had uh, some uh, health struggles. And uh, just continue to pray for them. And uh, pray for each other, pray, take your time, and think about those things, pray for each other, and it's important to do so. And you just never know what's going on. I found in my life that there'll be times where the Lord will put somebody on my heart, and I'll text or call them and just say, hey, I'm praying for you. And they, they will say, time after time, you don't know how much I needed that right now. And so when the Lord puts somebody on your heart, just take some time and pray for them, all right? Let's take our Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. We're going to continue our series that's uh, entitled In Pursuit of Peace. In Pursuit of Peace in our society, in our day and age, there are people that are looking for peace, and it's something that we ought to do. I want to preach to you this morning a message that I've entitled The Power of Peace. 
the power of peace. Um, I know a lot of times in my life I have sought for power. Not in the power that you're thinking of as a pastor wanting more power to rule over people. But let's put it this way. Horsepower. Okay? Horsepower. I used to ride dirt bikes. I used to ride uh, snowmobiles. All kinds of different things. And I used to get snowmobiles going 100 miles an hour not wearing a helmet. It was really dumb. Don't come after me and say that was really stupid. I understand that was dumb. That's not something that we should do. Nonetheless, I did it. I enjoyed fast things. I had uh, vehicles that were never good on horsepower. But I had buddies who had vehicles that were good on horsepower, and so we would drive those things around. And so there's this uh, general urge to have this feeling of power. Some people uh, like power by storms. That's another thing I like. I like watching a storm, a good lightning thunderstorm. Ooh, man, the power that comes is absolutely amazing. And in fact, there are people that are so engrossed by that, they're called storm chasers, they try to get in the middle of hurricanes. They try to get in the middle of tornadoes and see how close they can get to that thing and experience the power behind it. There are people that try to abuse power, no doubt. There are people that try to abuse it. And they get into a position of leadership and they try to lord over people and have power over people. But what if I told you that peace can have power? What if I told you that peace can have power? You, when you think of peace, you don't immediately think of power, do you? You, you, you think of usually meekness and peace and almost a quiet spirit and just tranquility because that's what peace means. But listen, there is a power in peace. I want to show you three ways this morning that peace has power and then ultimately how we can use that power. Before we begin, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity that we have here this morning to study your word and to look at it. And Father, I just thank you for a free country that we live in and the fact that we get this opportunity to speak your word and attend church openly. And Father, there are some restrictions, however, but we know that you're in control. And Father, we do look to you. And we pray that we would have peace that passes all understanding. Thank you so much for dying on the cross for our sins that we might even experience just a touch of that peace. And Father, I pray that you would help us to live a life full of peace. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Mark chapter 4 and verse 35, a very exciting passage of Scripture. The Bible says this, And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. Okay? That's very important to understand. Jesus is saying, let's go this direction. Pay attention now. I need you to all wake up, all right? This is important. He's saying, let's go this direction. We need to move in this direction for a very specific purpose, okay? Let's continue verse 36. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. So there's a little bit of a fleet going on. And there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Now let's stop there. As they're going in the direction that Jesus has called them to go, pay attention now please, as they're going in this direction, guess what happens? A storm comes up. You know what happens in our lives sometimes is when we go in the direction that we think Jesus has called us to and a storm comes up, you know what we do? We go, oh no, Jesus must not want me to go in this direction. We take a storm as a sign from God that this isn't right. But listen, that's not what God has called these men to do. These men were called to go to the other side. Very important. A storm comes up. 
And they are in the midst of this storm, and the wind and the waves are beating. Verse 38, and he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, read the next three words with me, Peace be still. Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? The first thing I want you to see this morning is very simply peace on the sea. Peace on the sea. This story holds so many things interesting. The basics of the story, Jesus and the disciples are headed over. They're going over to the other side. A storm comes up. And the Bible tells us that the storm was so great that it began to fill the ships, verse 37, so that it was now full. Several of the disciples are professional fishermen. They, they were, they, they've been on the sea before. They know what the Sea of Galilee can do and a, a storm can come up very quickly. And so there's no doubt they had a vast amount of experience on this sea. But here they are. They cannot bail water out fast enough. And I'm pretty sure they didn't have a 12-volt battery with a bilge pump trying to pump it out. They were trying to empty this thing as fast as they can. The ship is now full, verse 37. But in Luke chapter 8 and verse 24, a parallel passage of this story, the Bible tells us that they were in jeopardy. It uses that phrase. They were in jeopardy. They had done all they could. They were spent there was nowhere else for them to turn. They had worked as hard as they physically possibly could, but yet they were in jeopardy, and even their lives were in jeopardy. Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat, which all of us have questioned that. How in the world, with, with the entire ship sinking, are you asleep in the back of the boat? We'll never know. But nonetheless, the Bible says that he was in the back of the boat. And I want you to notice what they say to him again, verse 38. Master, carest thou not that we perish? Now I want you to think about the legitimacy of this question. They're asking Jesus, the person who would perish for them, asking them, carest thou not that we perish? We are dying, and don't you care? Kind of an interesting uh, speculation, is it? Can't you see that we're about to die? And let's face it, humanly speaking, they were going to die. There was no hope for them. Their boat was full. They, they could not get any further. They were capsizing. If the storm lasted any longer, they would be outside of the boat in the water. They would be drowning. So if you were, they would be literally drowning in their problems. Have you ever felt like that? Where you're just drowning in your problems. Just struggling to reach the surface. You just can't seem to get any higher. Yet Jesus rises. Rises and stands up and rebukes the wind and the waves. He says, peace, be still. I, I would imagine he shouted it but maybe he just spoke it. 
We don't know. This we do know, that immediately the wind and the waves cease. It's just dead calm. Verse 40, Jesus asked them somewhat of a sheepish question. Verse 40, the Bible says this, And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? Now, now picture this with me. Picture you're in the boat. Picture God, uh, Jesus, completely washing, uh, wiping the uh, wind and the waves and making them still. And he turns to you and he says, why are you so fearful? Can you just picture their head just dropping? Like, oh. And just the sheepish feeling that they might have. Listen, every bit of their circumstantial fears were immediately annulled. Completely done. He says, why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? If you remember from a couple of weeks ago, we talked about peace is based on faith. Had these gentlemen had faith in their Savior, there would be no fear. Have you no faith? Peace removes fear. Jesus deals with their peace immediately, faith and fear. He didn't have to calm the storm. You realize that? He didn't have to calm the storm. He could have kept them safe even in the midst of the storm. Yet in any case, he says, I I will give you peace. Peace be still. If we're going to spiritualize this a little bit, and you can disagree with this because the Bible doesn't exactly say, but this is the way I view it. I view the sea as the world. The wind and the waves are beating and the world is just going crazy. And I mean, I mean, it's coming into our boat. The disciples as Christians here in this world and things are coming into our boat and we're drowning in this sea and things that we just cannot bail them out fast enough and we're doing our very best to push those things aside and, and get focused on Jesus and get focused on the task that he has given us and that's getting to the other side. But the harder we try, the further we go down. We just cannot deal with our problems fast enough. And again, sometimes we are literally drowning in our problems. But instead of trusting God to give Christians peace in the middle of the storm, we run to him like, God, don't you understand what I'm dealing with here? God, don't you understand what I'm going through? God, don't you, wh- why aren't you doing something about this? And we come to God with a blaming attitude instead of a humble spirit of God. I know you can do this. You see the difference? The difference is very stark. It's a stark contrast in that, listen, God, why aren't you doing something about this? God, I know you can do something about this. If you choose to, you can fix this. If you choose to, you can give us peace. If you choose to, you can just help us to float just a little bit longer. God doesn't have to take your storm away. But instead of trusting God and running to him for peace, we run to him like we are going to die. You know what sometimes we do? Sometimes we run to him to get him to stop the storm, don't we? That's all we pray. That's all we ask. That's all we get and want from him. But it just might be, it just might be that God is using that storm for a reason. 
You see, there is power in peace. But the peace on the sea is just the beginning of power. God shows his almighty power to the disciples. And listen, sometimes you might, as Christians, you might have to be reminded of the almighty power of God. And God reminds these men here. But I want you to see, secondly, peace in me. Peace in me. Look at Mark chapter 5 and verse 1. Here's the reason they were going to the other side. And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. And cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And we can continue reading, but for sake of time, we, won't. we know there's legion, for we are many. All kinds of different things that we know about this man from having studied our Bible. But Jesus and his disciples finally make it to the other side of the sea. They are met immediately by a maniac. The maniac of Gadara. A demon-possessed man. People tried to chain this man with fetters and chains and they were nothing to him. He broke them. The strength. They tried to bind him. They tried to uh, 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 tame him. But no man could tame him. For lack of a better word, he was a wild man. Now this is purely speculation. Purely speculation. The Bible does not give us any inkling into this. But I want you to think about this with me. Obviously this man lived somewhere near the sea. Because as soon as they got to the other side of the sea, he met him immediately. So purely speculation. Think about this with me, though. Think about this man seeing this storm come in on the Sea of Galilee. And think about him standing up and looking out and seeing this fleet of ships being absolutely tossed to and fro, and you can see, he can see them out there just bailing water as fast as they possibly can. They're doing all they can do to bail this water out. And I picture this. I picture him sitting on his little rock laughing. Ha! Look at those guys out there. They're going to drown. I want to read this statement to you. When you have no peace, you enjoy watching other people's conflict. When you have no peace, you enjoy watching other people's conflict. Why? Number one, I believe it takes your mind off of your own problems. Ha! Look at those guys. They're going through a major difficult problem. Ha! That's funny to me because now they have the problem and I don't have to think about my problem. I think number two, it makes you feel somewhat normal because someone else is going through problems as well. 
You, hey, I'm not the only one with a problem here. Those guys have a problem. And I'm enjoying watching this. And I hope they don't get out of it, especially as a demon-possessed man. He's sitting there laughing, making fun. Maybe you can picture a maniac hooping and hollering, going absolutely crazy that these men are dying in a boat. But then all of a sudden the story changes. Now again, purely speculation. But think about the fact that he sees a man rise from the back of the boat. And all of a sudden, I don't know if he hears the words, but I guarantee he saw peace be still. And there's no doubt in my mind, again, the Bible doesn't say this, but there's no doubt in my mind, he might have said, if Jesus, if that man can calm the storm on the sea, Perhaps he can calm the storm that's raging in me. And immediately, immediately he's met, immediately he's met by this maniac. Sees Jesus coming to the shore, he runs to see him. And Jesus again gives him the peace he so desperately desires. Here's the point. You see, when Christians have peace in this world, when everything's going awry, when things are going crazy, and they see peace, it creates a desire, a thirst for people that want peace. Listen, there's a storm going on. There's there's a world that's going crazy and there's Christians that are experiencing peace and there are people outside that don't have peace in themselves and they run to you and they say, how can I have that peace? How can I experience what you're experiencing? Maybe, Maybe the person that you know can give me that peace. Let me ask you, who needs to see your peace today? Let's, let's be honest with ourselves. Our world is crazy. It's not as bad as it's ever been, no. But it's nuts. And we as Christians, instead of running to God for peace, we're running to God saying, hey, we're dying. What are you going to do about this? And we're running around frantically trying to figure out what we're doing instead of having peace. And we don't even offer the peace that people need. Who needs to see your peace today? With all that's going on in the world, guess what? We have God in our boat. We have God in our boat. We have him in our lives and he is constantly giving us peace. Who is on the outside watching all of this? You see, the light shines brightest when the darkness is darkest. The light shines brightest when the darkest darkness is darkest. Listen, when the world gets darker, when the world gets more crazy, that's when peace shines. 
when things are going crazy and the world is experiencing a storm, the power of peace can bring peace to an individual. This is the power of peace. The maniac of Gadara receives peace from Jesus Christ. We know the story. The story goes on. Verse 11, check that out with me, Matthew chapter, Mark chapter 5, excuse me, verse 11. Now there was nigh unto the mountain a great herd of swine feeding, and all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. Verse 14. They that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was done. And they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And guess what? They were afraid. And they saw it and told them how it befell to him and was, that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. Look at verse 17. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. Hey, get out of here. We don't want you here. We don't, we're upset. This is important to understand. The pig farmers weren't too happy with Jesus. Then the entire city and country wasn't happy with Jesus. They were frustrated with him. Guess what he had done? He had created havoc in their lives. The pigs that they were farming are now gone. 2,000 swine gone in the sea. They began telling Jesus, hey, get out of here. The story doesn't end. I want you to see number three, peace for a city. Peace for a city. Verse 18. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Hey, can I come with you? I just, I want to be with you. I want, I want always to be with you. And let's be honest. When we got saved, isn't that the place we want to be? With Jesus? That's right. I want to be with Jesus. I want to spend my time with him. I want to be walking on the streets of gold with him. I want his peace all the time. I want to see him. I want to be with him. I want to just be in his presence. That's what this man wanted. But verse 19, how be it? Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends. And tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. Look at verse 20. And he departed and to, began to publish in, look at the, the word, Decapolis, how great things Jesus had done for him and all men did marvel. Just quickly talk through the story. The maniac of Gadara has peace. He's experienced peace personally because of a peace that he saw in someone else. And so now, instead of spending his time with Jesus and going, if you will, to heaven with Jesus, he is left on this earth, he is left in his place to go and tell. 
to go and tell others what has been done, to go and tell others who has given him peace. He wants to walk and talk with Jesus. Jesus says, stay. Stay and tell everyone about the peace that I have given you. Now, this is a powerful story. Powerful story all the way up until this point. And you begin to wonder, wow, all men did marvel. Listen, that's great. That's wonderful, isn't it? There's power, so much power in peace. But again, the story doesn't stop. Go to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7 is the next time we see Decapolis. Decapolis is Decapolis. Ten cities. This is a big city. And there's one maniac, one crazy man, healed of his demon possession, that is now walking around telling every single person about the peace of Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 7 and verse 31. And again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he, being Jesus, came unto the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of what? Decapolis. Now look what happens. And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they beseech him to put his hand upon him and he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears and he spit and touched his finger and looking up to heaven he sighed and saith unto him epaphtha that is be opened straightway his ears were opened and the string of his tongue was loose and he spake plain and he charged them that they should tell no man but the more he charged them so much the more a great deal they published it and they were beyond measure astonished saying he has done all things well he maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak do you remember what they were doing in decapolis before tell him to leave hey get out of here now two chapters later they're bringing people to him. They're bringing people to him. The maniac of Gadara goes into the city of Decapolis, tells everyone about the peace that Jesus had given. Now, instead of the people shooing Jesus out of the city, they're welcoming him in and saying, would you please give this person peace? And would you give this person peace? And would you give this person peace? They are longing for that same peace. Write this down. When people see peace, they run to it. When people see peace, they run to it. Because outside of Jesus Christ, there is no peace. The power of peace is incredibly life altering, it's changing. But guess what? Peace isn't completely about you. Can I, can I give you something? Listen, we all desire peace. So there are things going on in my life right now that I just want some peace from. And every day, every moment it pops its ugly head up, I pray for peace. We all want peace. 
And we all desire it. And listen, that's a good thing. And we all ought to have it. And you all ought to run to Jesus. And you ought to say to him, Father, would you please help us? We know you can help us. Would you please give us peace in the midst of this storm? He may never make your storm go away or he may calm it immediately. We don't know. But this I do know. Peace is not only for you. Again, if you're in the habit of writing things down, write this down. When we have peace, we show God's power to everyone. When we have peace, we show God's power to everyone. Look at from a storm on the sea to a maniac, a demon-possessed man, to an entire city. Now, the Bible does not say that the entire city Receive Jesus Christ as their personal. The Bible doesn't say that. But I want you to know an attitude change happened. Listen, I'm in full, full, complete, in theory, uh, for this. We do a lot as a church. We advertise on Facebook. We have a website. We put our sermons out. We have tracks and stuff that we used to give out when you could do the, that kind of stuff and people weren't freaking out about a COVID and virus and all kinds of different things. Listen, we've done all kinds of different advertisements and we put our church out there. And I'm not necessarily against it, but this is what I believe. I believe if Christians lived with God, we wouldn't need any of that. We wouldn't need to have an advertising campaign. We wouldn't need to have a social media manager. We wouldn't have to have any of that. You know what? People would be running to us for peace. Now we know in the last days, things are going to get worse and worse. We understand that, right? But people want peace. The crazier this world gets, the more they want. The power of peace can change your life, but it can also change the life of a person around you. It can change the lives of an entire nation. Peace is extremely powerful in your life, and if you need it today, I'm going to challenge you, run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. And when you find peace, or excuse me, when you find Jesus, you find peace. Isn't it time to experience the power of peace in your life? Isn't it time to experience what peace can do, not only for you, but for someone else, and for someone else, and for someone else? It just might help someone around you. So let me ask you, what kind of life do you want to live? Do you want to live a life scared, fearful? Or do you want to live a life of peace that reflects Jesus Christ and the peace that he gives? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity that you've given us here this morning. Father, I want to thank you for the song that you put in my way that described this thought to me. Father, I take things that you've given me and I try to present them to your people and I hope today it's been a help to them. Father, may you show your power through us. There's so many other ways. Peace is just one. The power of love. The power of joy. 
power of long-suffering, all the fruits of the Spirit, Father. It is something that we can see work in other people's lives, and I pray that we would have the peace that absolutely passes all understanding, and people have to ask, how do you have peace? Father, I want to publicly and openly thank you for this pandemic, for the storms that you place in our lives, to help us trust you and have faith in you and that will show your peace. Father, help us. Sometimes we just don't know what to do. We just don't know where to turn. Help us to always turn to you with a proper attitude and know you. I'm gonna ask you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Very simply, we just wanna make, give you some time to make a decision to live a life of peace and experience the power of peace. So again, if you're in the habit of writing things down, I would challenge you to do so. Take a pen and paper, take your phone if that's what you use. and Just write down something, some sort of decision, some sort of change that you are going to make. So let's go ahead and do that right now.